This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Today we're going to talk a little bit about checklists. Checklists are important to kind of give you guidance along the way. And so back uh, when I was in the military, I was in the aviation side. It was a little different than the real military, I guess. It was in the naval aviation, in fact. And so it's just a completely different breed. There's a lot of Navy terminology and traditions that never really transferred over to the aviation side. And so some people will ask if I've seen this or heard this, and there's a good chance that I haven't. But definitely in all across, uh, across all military lines, there's definitely, they overuse the word checklist. These checklists are to keep things in line. It also helps re- redundancy and pass through and pass downs. And depending on how many shifts are involved, how many people are involved, there's huge amount of these publications that help build those checklists. We've had to build some of them. I wasn't necessarily good. I was obviously young in my late teens, early 20s during the time, but checklists were a lot of what was given to give guidance, especially when the aviation world, one of the biggest issues is making sure that um, personnel is safe. Obviously, aviators are trying to get up in in the space uh, or in the skies to keep things moving. And so we have to make sure that the equipment is in line uh, everything was put in properly, otherwise uh, fatalities can occur. And it could be as little as what items can come into the work center or the uh, out on the flight deck or uh, out in the runway. And so if any of those Top Gun enthusiasts that uh, are ready to watch that new movie that's coming out, Top Gun 2, Maverick, but in the first one, there's a part where Tom Cruise is walking down the runway and one of the guys is eating an apple on the on the runway. And um, that would not occur uh, whatsoever in the real world. So um, I know some pilots, other people that worked in the aviation world was kind of annoyed by this even years after um, because obviously I was in the military way after that. But a lot of people that get in the aviation world is obviously driven by that movie. But I just figure I'd point that out. That was a little nuance in the movie that uh, some people just didn't like. But there's checklists for a reason. And some of them in the workshop was related to specific equipment. So if it was really related to an aircraft or a particular box, but it kept us in line. And so we were able to achieve a little bit more or in a better way. And we always improved on it as time went on. And so working with employers and their employee benefit programs, these checklists will come in handy, especially right now we're mid-year review on a lot of our our current clients as well as um, some potential clients because they're looking for opportunities to try to make sure that they're headed in the right direction or how can they get things better. And so I'm going to walk through actually a couple, uh, two case studies that we just worked with recently and it's before the mid-year and they decided to pull the trigger on, uh, on a couple scenarios that um, end up financially rewarding the employer as well as the employees. Obviously, the bigger benefit, uh, yeah, we won the business, but the bigger benefit went back to the employer. They were the real heroes because now they're able to reallocate cash back to the bottom line so they can do whatever they want. It could go to profits. Maybe they're not profitable and they or they increase profits. Maybe they want to use it for uh, other incentives for the employees to work and engage and become more productive. Maybe they want to use it for hiring uh, another employee that will potentially bring more profits or another 
department creation that will, will create more profits over time, whatever it is. Uh, it's their uh, prerogative of how they want to use the money, but I'm going to walk you through a couple of these cases studies just in case those who are listening to this podcast, you might be in the same boat as some of these other employers. One of them uh, I'm going to talk about is a professional service organization in the Chicagoland area. There's roughly 10 employees. They are looking to expand. That's one reason why they wanted to evaluate this. They wanted a second opinion. That's really where it started. They're used to big company benefits. Um, they were a spinoff. A bunch of employees left a larger uh, global firm, and they were used to rich benefits. So when they left and created their small little entity to kind of do it better and more nimble and faster than the big guys, they wanted to mimic the same benefits, and they had a cash flow model that ended up paying for it. But they were trying to move to the next level so they could increase profits, but also increase the employee base so they can help more people. This was obviously a big process. And so we started going through it. Even though it was only 100, um, sorry, only 10 employees, there were still advantages here to go through. And I'm going to walk you through some of that. The big company benefits when you move to a smaller entity. They're very rich in benefits, just like the big companies have, but it comes with an additional cost. There's not enough buy-in or volume of that business in order to bring it down. The insurance company for small businesses, um, when you go to the market for uh, traditional health insurance with big companies that people are uh, used to, I call them the branded carriers. Uh, they make people feel warm and fuzzy inside. Those carriers um, are on a fixed rate model in small group, just about all of them. Some of them will have unique avenues to save money, um, and those are worth looking at. But for the most part, especially in Illinois, there is one big, huge company that most people gravitate towards. And so that's the one that this company was with. And the average premium across the board for a family was $35,000 a year. There's a lot of wages out there, not even $35,000 a year, let alone one family having a health insurance spend of $35,000. This is gross. This is not employer-employee shared uh, premium. This is gross $35,000 a year. So they're trying to free up that cash, uh, one, to make it more affordable, but two, they're trying to uh, retain the current base that they have now. Uh, they're concerned that... Some employees may be looking at a different avenue, but then also they want to start recruiting and hiring and add staff anywhere between five and 10. So they want to double, almost double the company over the next 18 months. So we looked into some cost containment strategies. Uh, we went through several steps and tried to mimic this. And so we tried to match, or we did match the benefits um, almost identical, uh, or there were some trade-offs, but very minimum. Essentially, you put them by side by side and it's comparable and they were comfortable with it. And so we went through a process to see if they qualify for the program. Not everybody gets into the program, especially at 10 employees. And so we went through this process and they were able to actually come out ahead and they saved $119,000 a year. That's huge, right? So you're talking about $10,000 extra a month. $10,000 in a big business perspective is nothing. Add a couple more zeros and then there's an impact. But on a 10-employee firm, this is huge, right? So uh, they're going to reallocate those to better use. Um, they talked about hiring one or two more uh, employees with it. They've also talked about using the money and moving towards marketing and try to generate the business to help pay for the future employees. But the savings was big enough to actually make the move from a cost containment perspective uh, just by thinking a little bit outside the box, not jeopardizing coverage at all, 
rewarding them with some savings for the, the due diligence that they were going through. The next one was 75 employees, and they're a distributor, again, in the Chicagoland area. And so uh, they wanted to look at some cost containment strategies as well as technology. They were still doing things old school. Uh, they upgraded to DocuSign, so they're able to send an employee uh, benefits guide through a DocuSign document so the employees could actually review through and then sign their enrollment form uh, after they complete it and fill it out. It was web-based, but it was still collection of paperwork. It was still uh, validating everything was filled out correctly. There was a number of things that went through. Um, and then, of course, if employees got hung up, uh, how do they resolve it? Couldn't always do it on DocuSign. There was always hangups. Um, DocuSign is just one of the products that many uh, employers use, including brokers. There's so many of them out there. Um, so I'm not trying to pinpoint DocuSign specifically. It's just the process that's there. So out of 75 employees, there's about 48 enrolled on the plan, which is fair, but we're trying to save some money and increase that number. Some of the employees are opting out on their spouse's plans. They could be buying their own individual plan, but most of them are getting it from their spouse. And so we walked through the process, the cost containment strategy, similar to the previous case study. And so um, the savings was not as great per employee as um, the first one. There wasn't as big of an impact. Uh, but it still came out to $121,000 in annual premium savings. So again, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort other than a little bit of care and due diligence, and then it could go a far uh, way. So even with 75 employees, whatever that revenue, I, didn't, I don't know what the company revenue was offhand, but $121,000 to the bottom line, still an impact for them, even though their gross revenues are in the millions. So definitely a worthwhile process, and it's a good payday going back to this, uh, the CFO to reallocate those funds to uh, better things. The next thing we walk through is a process with technology. And again, there's hidden cost to paperwork, even though you tried to put it on an electronic-based um, platform. There, there's issues that come with that, uh, and so there's... There's a process to go through to actually streamline that. And some of the payroll companies out there are trying to do it with benefits, and they're actually taking away benefits from the broker, claiming that we're still passing responsibility back onto the employer to do things. Uh, I would say in some cases that's true. Uh, one of these days they're, they're going to get slapped for spreading word about other ethical um, insurance agents out there. But they're trying to do this, but their benefits department or entity that's operating with their benefits doesn't bring a whole lot of experience or advisory to the table. Um, they just hand off the renewal. If you got a 20% increase or a 30% increase, they're just going to throw it at you and say, here's your renewal. We're going to update the payroll amounts and just move on. They're not going to go through a process um, such as cost containment strategies to bring that down. But it is a process and and maybe you'll see that over time. Like If you're already in there, you may want to look at other options. Um, in some cases, or in a lot of cases, you could still use the same platform, uh, just use a different broker, and that'll change a lot of things drastically. So with moving the technology piece, there's real-time value that comes out of it right away. So from a management perspective, in this case, they had two office personnel that um, assisting with HR slash employee benefit programs or the administration of for new hires, as well as uh, open enrollments. And so believe it or not, there's time that gets involved in there. So the average savings in this case was about one hour a day per of these employees. So two hours per day. So 10 hours per week. 
I used rough math just for this case study of maybe $50 an hour, which may compensate for their their overall costs. Some of them, they may be higher. Um, uh, I'm not sure, but let's say $50 an hour covers workers' comp, taxes, and any type of benefit spend, depending on how much you're actually paying the employee. But it's just an example for right now. So you figure this is going to save about $13,000 annually per admin. So about $26,000 a year uh, from administration costs. And in some cases, that technology tool may not cost you anything at all. In other cases, it may be a few bucks a month per employee uh, that's using the platform. So it's, it's just going to minimize the stress and anxiety at open enrollment. It, um, it's also going to make sure that you're doing a better job. It makes you look better as an employer because things are in place a lot smoother. You're not, uh, it's not clunky and going back to the employee 30 days later saying, Hey, your family doesn't have insurance because you didn't complete this form out correctly. Or there's a number of things that occurs. And then even if there was minor changes that occurred, let's say there was a problem with electronic benefit administration systems that are out there, they go in there and fix the problem one time. It saves the entire across the board of, um, and it's automatically notified by to the insurance company. There's less steps that are involved. And so even though the HR representative that's inside the company may not be manually computing or putting into um, the database or insurance company that employees to the benefits, but in other cases, there's a management piece of it. So how do you follow up with that? How do you make sure it occurs? When it happens automa- uh, automatically, there, it just eliminates that time for follow-up and making sure everything is there. So $26,000 in savings for this company uh, is definitely huge. I mean, definitely reallocates to other things um, right to the bottom line. So it definitely will help the CFO manage things a certain way. And then also the HR representative maybe redistribute the benefits or other uh, overhead costs. Hey gang, ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing. Weird expenses coming out of nowhere. And when you throw in health insurance, forget it. Nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year. Reach out to Butch right now, 708-535-3006, or shoot him an email, butch at elitebenefits.net. And be sure to check out the Zmar podcast. Don't wait till the last minute. Put Butch Zmar to work for you now. The open enrollment is usually a nightmare um, in most cases you are required to refill out paperwork for your enrollment, especially the larger companies they require. It should be all the way across the board. A lot of smaller companies say, ah, no, there's nobody changing anything. You really, from a compliance perspective, need to update that paperwork every single year. This is a nightmare. This is why smaller companies, especially under 100 employees, will try to avoid this process there in the open enrollment because it's such a nightmare. And and brokers will help streamline it and make it easier, even if you're still doing PDFs and paper and doing open enrollment meetings. 
but um, technology will actually help eliminate a lot of these issues. And so it does pass a lot more responsibility back onto the employee, which is where it should be. The employee needs to have skin in the game. Uh, and so this will help with paperwork and they're uh, responsible for completing it. And the software will tell them not only if there's a problem, but how to fix it. So there's little notes in there that are automatically put in there. So if they're confused about how to fix something, there's usually uh, something in there for notes to provide feedback and how to complete it. Like just just a side note on this um, case study, though, for technology, we, we just did an enrollment for 20 employees. And within 24 hours, we had 17 employees complete their application with zero issues. And so even though they still had five more days to complete the uh, open enrollment, that's how simple this is that they were able to elect benefits all within 24 hours without any issues. I'm sure people that are listening to this, employers or HR, um, that's a blessing in disguise and they know it. So there's no more collecting of forms and verifying information. I tell you, em employee engagement is huge and they're in this process. To get people to fill out paperwork is crazy. Whereas uh, electronically, if you are on site at the company, you could actually put them in front of a computer and say, fill this out. Now you got, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes to fill it out. And you could force them to do it in some capacity to make sure it's done. Whereas paper, they got to print it out. They may need to get information from their spouse, whatever it might be. And they could do it at home on uh, online. And so it just makes it easier uh, overall. And the HR per, uh, person or the employer is not chasing people. So in this example for the open enrollment, and I'm probably underestimating everything, it's probably saving 12 hours per employee. So if you times that by two employees in this case, $50 an hour, roughly, you're, you're talking about $1,200 in savings. It's not huge, but now that the, the number of hours, you got 24 hours of working hours that can be reallocated back to more purpose for the company. This is more productive overall and could be pr profitable over time. So those are things um, to consider. And so when you combine these two, because they were looking for technology and, and cost containment strategies, they were able to save a total of about $150,000 a year that they can reallocate the better use. It's definitely something worthwhile. Um, these are just a couple examples. Not everybody will qualify for this type of savings, but... And in some cases, it actually could be much, much more. So mid-year review. Um, so this goes back to the checklist analogy. You know, a lot of times right now, it's out of sight, out of mind. We, we're, summer months are coming. Hopefully this rain and this overcast goes away in the cooler weather. But um, in Chicago, it seems like uh, they can't decide what um, season we're in. But out of sight, out of mind. So let's bring it back to the forefront. Let's start looking at technology. We could do a technology shift without... Um, really engaging the employees and allow HR for the next six months actually start managing the benefits from an online portal versus having to worry about which files they put it in or chasing employees. And so any new hires going forward could start using it and you could have the employees that are already enrolled use the technology piece during the open enrollment. So it's definitely worthwhile with minimum engagement and make it easy to move it on, uh, on board online. Cost containment, you don't have to wait to January 1st. Yeah, look for this now. Uh, you could still wait, but explore it now because then you're not under timelines or constraints. Uh, we will probably need some applications depending on the size of the group. So you're going to have to engage the employee in some capacity. Um, some will require health history. So that could take several weeks to, to complete. 
So let's do it now. Uh, you could always redo or pull those paperwork back up and ask them to duplicate what they did in the fall. But if there's savings now, why wouldn't you save for the next six months is the big question. So there's a checklist for it. You can go to leapbenefits.net forward slash checklist. Uh, you could download your copy and with no, there's no opt-in or anything. It'll go right to a PDF. Um, go ahead and just take that, print it off, start going through it. If you have questions, contact our office. Get your checklist and let's start saving some money. Start talking about the cost containment strategies and technology piece.